Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. We have seen for a while the leftist socialist Democrats have declared war on the great children and the future of this nation. From the trans movement fighting to take children away from their own parents to administer puberty blockers and eventually surgery to change their sex. It's happening. In places like Oregon, a couple can't adopt a child without signing an agreement to allow the child to one day have surgery to change sex if the school and the child think that they should without the parent's consent. There was a story of a mother in Texas who fled the state with her own children to California so the father of those children couldn't be involved in the decision. The courts permitted it. The dad had no say, and the children are on their way to a different sex. What about books? The books in school libraries. We've seen that fight, and we saw it again this week with Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana when he read straight from a book, and the book embarrassed those that were in the hearing. It was, it was awful. You may have seen that. We've seen parents around the country in school board meetings doing the same thing. And in every case, the school board doesn't want to hear the disgusting words being read aloud in front of the people. But these books are in libraries for our children. I'm Booker Scott, and this is Our Lives in Politics here on America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm glad you found us. I hope you had a great week, and as we end this week, the question has to be, what are we going to do about our children, and what are we going to do about our government? How can we stop what's going on? We are going to get into some of the solutions this hour when I welcome a conservative running for a seat in the U.S. Congress from the state of California, Mike Cargile. He's going to join us in just a minute with some ideas on pushing back for our children. In the second half of this hour, we're going to be joined by Dan Schultz of PrecinctStrategy.com. He has very specific ways that you can get involved to make a difference. Before we get to Mike, there was some good news coming from California this week, and believe it or not, it was for the children, and believe it or not, it was an 80 to nothing vote. This proposed law as of today is now in the hands of Governor Gavin Newsom, who has already signaled he supports it. By classifying child sex trafficking as a serious felony, it makes it a strikeable offense in California, meaning repeat offenders or those who've already committed strikeable crimes who go on to sex traffic children could face more time behind bars, potentially up to even life in prison. The state Senate gave it the final stamp of approval on some smaller technical changes that were made in the assembly, passing it unanimously again today. Experts say this is historic because the California legislature has never added a crime to the state's three strikes law. So there you have a little good news coming out of California with an 80 to nothing vote to make it a serious felony for trafficking in minors. It's sad that we're to a point that we have to actually make laws and make it a serious felony for that to happen. It shouldn't happen at all anyway. But here we are. 
and so many crazy things happen in California, I thought it might be a good idea to have someone from California that knows the politics of the state and also someone that ran in the midterm in 22 for Congressional District 35 in California, and he's coming back to run again, and hopefully this time he can win. He's a filmmaker. He does a lot of different things, but right now he happens to be here on Our Lives in Politics, and let's welcome Mike Cargile. Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Well, let's let's start in, in a Chino, Chino County School District. It's right there in your backyard, and that would be an area that you represent should you win the election coming up in 2024. And we just saw that the judge uh, recently made a decision. Why don't you tell everyone what that decision was and what it actually means to people? Well, the Chino Valley School Board is in San Bernardino County, and this is in the heart of my district. And they had the courage to stand up to the state and say, listen, you're not going to get away with keeping secrets from parents. So the policy was that, you know, you tell these kids certain things and then it's a a secret between the teacher and the kids. And they want to start encouraging kids to transition. But what the school board, the newly elected school board member said was, that's not going to fly on our watch. So they crafted a policy that said that these mandatory reporters, the teachers, had three days. Once a child said, I want to try this, this transitioning stuff, you have three days to let the parents know what's going on with their child in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tell them if they have a headache, they tell them if they get injured. So sure. why not tell them they want to change genders? Right. Yeah. So I mean, their makes the policy sense. was <laughs> to anyone with half a brain. <laughs> so they say, you know, you got three days. You got to let the parents know what's going on with their child. Well, that just didn't fly with Rob Bonta, the attorney general of California. He came. He sent his people down here. They threatened the school board, had uh, death threats on the school board. And they went to court and they got a crooked judge in San Bernardino to say, we're going to halt this policy. We're going to stop this policy from going into effect so that the teachers and the children can keep these little secrets between themselves. And so if you don't think about this, you're going to miss the main point here. And that's first they sexualize the children, and then the children want to experiment. They tell them, try this Mm -hmm. stuff out. Try it with your friends and all this stuff. And the kids do. And then they say, well, you know, wasn't that fun? Maybe you should try in a different gender. Mm-hmm. And the kid goes, well, okay. But but my the thing is, is we all have this little thing called a conscience. And we know when something's wrong and right. And they say, you know, if my parents find out about this, they're going to kill me. And they go, well, your parents don't have to find out about it. This is going to be our little secret. And that's wrong. But that's where we are right now that they're allowing the teachers to be secret keepers. But we have two pieces of legislation, and there's more up to bat in Sacramento, that tell us where this is really headed. So what they want to do is take the school psychologist and say, you know what, that home looks like an unsafe environment now because they're not accepting this child's decision. Basically, they want the children to run the house. So if the parents say, I disagree with this, this decision of my little 10-year-old, then we're not going to let this children go back to this home because we think it's unsafe. 
And there is legislation that would allow the state of California and Child Protective Services to take that child and never place them back in their home, but to put them under the care of Child Protective Services and, in, in, and put them into the foster care pro program or whatever else they have in mind for these kids. The thing here is once that child hits the CPS or the foster care program, it's most likely they're going to be trafficked. And the parents will never see these kids again. And if mm. they do, it's not going to be the same kid that they took from you. And that's terrible. What I just described to you is happening and it's horrible. But let me tell you, that's not the worst part. The worst part is they took this fight and they moved it into the court system. And this tells me what they're doing and where they want to go. Because once they can establish a legal precedent for removing your child simply by deeming it an unsafe environment, now what is an unsafe environment? And now we go to redefining terms. Well, is there a gun in the house? Well, that's an unsafe environment. Take the kids. Mm -hmm. is there, are there people who are unvaccinated? Well, that's an unsafe environment. Let's take the kids. Are there people who have religious intolerance to our ideology? Well, that's an unsafe environment. Are there any racists yep. in the house? Well, of course, let's take those kids. So what they're after is a mechanism that allows them to remove children or kidnap children by deeming the household unsafe. And once they've achieved that here, you can see that it's going to be rolled out in Florida. It's going to be rolled out in Texas and Arizona and Tennessee and Michigan and Pennsylvania because they take California as a test kitchen. They try all this stuff out here. When they figure it out, then they federalize it. So we can either fight it here right now or we can wait for it to arrive in Miami. But it's coming. I think a lot of people that are listening to this are probably thinking and feeling the way I am right now, which is when you say the things that you just did about taking kids and you wonder how in the world did we ever get here? <laughs> you know, our parents, parents now are, don't have a say in children's lives and they're making laws so that that's the case. And one thing that you said a few minutes ago that I, I kind of want to go back to just for a second, you mentioned that the secret and as a parent, you know, one of the things I always did with my kids is teach them that we don't have secrets. We don't have secrets with each other and we need to be honest with each other. We, and, and so now these kids go to school and the school is teaching them the exact opposite of what I think a good parent would do in teaching a kid that we don't have secrets about things. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts but it's designed to destroy the family. See, this is a wedge that's being driven between children and their parents. And then the state wants custody of your kids because there's an enormous appetite to get them into the CPS, Child Protective Services, under that umbrella, whether it's foster care or some other program. But they want the kids out of the house and they want to be in charge with them, or in charge of them. And this is an enormous multi-billion dollar industry in trafficking children. Doesn't all have to be sexually trafficked, 
but they will place them in programs where they're literally slaves. Mm -hmm. There's an enormous market for this. It's big, big money. And they're after your kids. Mike, let's uh, move on to a couple of different areas in California that I think in the rest of the country we see happening, like defund the police. We see George Soros DAs. Uh, We see a crime rate going up in places like Los Angeles and San Francisco. We see stores moving out of those cities because of smash and grab. What are your thoughts on all those things? Is is there any any solution for California? And and, uh, one thing I try to remind people is there there are 5.3 million registered Republicans in that state, which is more Republicans in that state than a lot of red states that we consider red states have in total. And so that's a, right. that's a lot of conservatives there. But is it enough to turn the tide? Is there any turning the tide in California for all the things that we see when it comes to the, the Soros DAs, when it comes to high crime and when, when it comes to, you know, the trans movement, all these things that are just just crazy when for us in the country, the rest of us in flyover country, we watch this and we go, what is happening? Is there any hope for California? Absolutely. Absolutely. California went hard for Donald Trump. California, if you look at the state as a whole, is a red state. Mm -hmm. It's being dictated to by three major areas, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and San Francisco. And in the state of California in the last midterm election, nearly half the votes for the entire state came from Los Angeles. That's how big an impact, because Los Angeles is the largest country population size in the United States, and it literally dictates the future of California. And so that's the, the, the center of corruption is really Los Angeles, California. But there's a lot of hope here, because the rest of the state is red. I mean, it's the breadbasket of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food you get on your table in Louisiana probably came from California, at least the nuts. I mean, I'm talking about the edible kind, <laughs> but but the uh, the state itself is an amazing state, full of wonderful conservative people, and it's these pockets of liberalism. You know, those three counties or those three cities, we have nearly half the nation's homeless yeah. in California, because what they're doing, it's like the military-industrial complex. Well, out here. They're building the homeless industrial complex. And this is a test run for the outcome of the country. They're trying out this communist agenda where they strip you of everything you own. They tell you what to wear on your face, on your body, what you eat, what you drive. And once they figured this out here, primarily Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento, then you're going to see this rolled out around the country. That's the basis of these 15-minute cities you're hearing talk about. This is all coming. So we have to, seriously, the snake is California, but if we can cut the head off, we'll save the country. I believe there is a lot of hope here. Here's the the real reason this is occurring, and it's been at the, the hands of both political parties, election fraud. The people of California don't vote to tax themselves into oblivion. The people of California hate the crime and the homelessness. They do. They hate it. But it's being forced on them by a corrupt 
election system. And the people that are making these sick bills in Sacramento were not elected. They were selected. What about we're, the we're trying? Go what, ahead. What about the 2020 election? Uh, do you think do you think it was stolen from Donald Trump? I know it was stolen. It was stolen from him and it was stolen from me. I can show you in my district, in this race, how they rigged the 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 machines on night one. Because remember out here, they have 30 days. This is all that COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, in California, you get your ballot 30 days before the election, and then they count the ballot 30 days after the election. So we don't have an election day. We have an election season, a two-month season. If that's not, you know, room for fraud, I don't know what is. Uh, sure, yeah, they just but, have to figure out how many votes they need to beat you, and then they get them when you have that much time. Yes, that's what happened in 2022. Eight days after they figured out what they needed, and my opponent got a huge ballot dump. But in 2020, on night one, they rigged the ratio. They set the ratio at 70-30 for my race. And then no matter how many updates, how many ballots they counted for the next month, whether I got 5,000 or 10,000 at a count, my opponent got just enough to keep it exactly at 70-30 for 18 straight updates. Hmm. That's mathematically impossible. Yeah. Now, every once in a while, it would have to be 50-50, 60-40, 45-55, but 70-30 always in her favor. Yeah, that's that, that doesn't happen. It is mathematically I, impossible. It is. And I have 18 screenshots of updates, and it never deviated. Mike, we, we've spent some time in California, but I think as a candidate for the 35th Congressional District in California, it's important for people to hear you address some of those issues that we just did. But I also want to address some issues that we have in our country, because if you go to the U.S. House of Representatives, that's where you'll be working. And you have to work with some people that uh, maybe have a different way of thinking there inside the Beltway. What, what do you think, just as an outsider right now looking in, are the biggest problems with Washington, D.C., and our, and specifically in the Congress? Well, the Congress has been corrupted, I believe, wholeheartedly by the deep state right now. I believe we have a lot of members of both parties that have been blackmailed and have been leveraged in how they vote uh, because there's just no rationality unless you understand what's really going on, like in Ukraine. Why are we sending 100 billion plus, 130 billion to Ukraine when we have this enormous homeless problem you just talked about. And we have a porous, literally non-existent southern border. Why would you send all this money unless you understand that there's a giant money laundering operation going on? And this is why you'll see Kevin McCarthy will never, never impeach Joe Biden because that would blow the smoke off of what's really going on. If you're going to look at what's going on in Ukraine, you're going to see where the money's going that both parties have have now washed through Ukraine uh, back into their pockets. So I don't think that's, I think we have so much corruption right there. But I'm trying not to get too far ahead. I'm looking at the race I'm involved with, the people that are here. And I believe 
that the race I'm in is the most important race in the United States, specifically with child trafficking. We have seen whistleblower testimony that fingers the lady I'm trying to unseat as being a part of a network. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's traffickers. get into let's get into that just a minute since you're here because you you and I had a conversation about this several weeks ago uh, about Rodas, uh, Tara Rodas, who was the whistleblower that testified in Congress. She was specifically talking about your area when she testified, wasn't she? Yes, yes, she was the number two at this intake facility at a place called the Fairplex at Pomona. It's about two miles from my house. And my opponent can see it from her house. And my opponent's name is Norma Torres. And Norma Torres worked with Javier Becerra and some others. And they set up an intake facility here. And then they flew thousands and thousands, nearly 10,000 kids from the border. And they processed them through this intake facility. Now, Tara Rodas, who you just mentioned, thought she was there to help children. What she saw, though, was a completely different story. She saw she saw children being trafficked, flown all over the United States by the Biden administration. And at the same time, our friend James O'Keefe was doing a uh, doing an investigation into the same facility. And they were following the children once they were flown out where they were winding up. And we had kids winding up in terrible, terrible, terrible situations. But what they noticed is most of the kids that they were tracking were from Guatemala. And that's the key. Remember, Guatemala. And then Tara wrote us, said, why on earth are we bringing all these kids? And she was tracking nearly $1 billion moving through the Fairplex in a six-month period. But the kids, they didn't speak Spanish and they didn't speak English. They spoke a Mayan dialect and no one could understand their cries for help, what they were going through. But she said they were all from this area, uh, Boreas, Guatemala. And they couldn't, she and her friends could not figure out why this was occurring until I told both of them, have you looked at the federal representative for our area? And they said, oh my gosh. I said, yes, because Norma Torres is from Boreas, Guatemala. Mm. So and there's the connection. set this facility yeah. up. Yes. And I, there's pictures of Tara Rodas with Representative Norma Torres at this facility. And she said there were MS-13 gang members coming and picking up kids. They dropped all the requirements to be a quote, quote, sponsor for thousands and thousands to the point now the Biden administration says they've lost track of 85,000 yeah. plus kids. But and, Tara, I just talked to Tara a couple weeks ago and she said the border of Texas, all those holding facilities, the kids are still all from Guatemala. And I said, that's because representative Torres just helped rig the presidential election in Guatemala. So a socialist is now the president of Guatemala working hand in glove with the Biden administration to make sure this funneling of children and women keeps going on. So Mike, you're a California guy. Another California guy is Kevin McCarthy. Uh, you mentioned him a few minutes ago. I, last week I did a show on giving him a grade 
pass or fail. I'm not going to ask you to do that, but overall, would you support him as speaker right now? Or if you had an opportunity to vote for him, if you win the election, would you vote for him as speaker if you get elected? No. Okay. No, I've, I've seen too much now of, of how he operates and the people around him operate. Everything from the debt ceiling to how we're handling things uh, you know, around the world to how we're handling things in California. See, the problem is I am a Republican. And that's, I know that may seem odd at first, but I am a true Republican, which means I'm conservative. And the people who are running the party right now are not conservative. They're libertarian. And they're trying to change the party and they're trying to remove the values and the morals that made this party great. So I would be at odds with him and anyone like him because I do believe that the best days in this country are ahead of us, but they're only if we get back to the values and the traditions that made us great. I mean, the California Republican Party was the home of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, You know, that's, that's who we are. That's our legacy. So if we don't get back there, we don't have a future. I noticed in your bio that you said you are a Reagan Republican. And I, I would consider myself a Reagan Republican. He was the first president I ever voted for. Define that for me. What does that mean to you? To me, a Reagan Republican is not only what I just said, a traditional conservative, but there's an aura of statesmanship about him. And if there was one thing I would hope that the President Trump has moving forward is more of that statesmanlike quality and then the ability to take complex issues and to distill them into simple terms where we can all understand them and then decide to agree or not to disagree or, or, or to disagree on an issue. But he was called the great communicator for a reason. And that was because he didn't think he was above anyone or below anyone, but but his take on things was just in the way that the common man should perceive this issue. And now let's deal with it in that light. Now, let's talk about the Republican Party. You brought them up. So since you brought them up, I'm going to ask a question or two. I have an opportunity to speak and have a conversation on this program quite a bit with people running for office. You know that I spoke to James Bradley a few weeks ago in a, in a program. I've had Michael Hoover, who is also running for Senate out of Michigan. And one thing that it seems to come up with a lot of these candidates is they are not getting any help whatsoever from the Republican Party. Are you getting any help in your race or in what's your strategy in your race? Uh, how does how do these candidates, these American first candidates across the country, that it doesn't seem like the Republican Party wants to help them? How do they get help from the Republican Party? Well, they they're not going to if they if they're ex- anticipating help from the Republican Party, they're going to be let down, grossly let down, because the Republican Party only supports candidates that will toe the line for the McCarthy agenda. And, and this is, it all ties together. There was, you remember who Sam Bankman Freed was? Sure. Yeah. FTX. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin McCarthy used many millions of dollars from FTX to make sure that the right people got through the primaries in the midterms. This is all intertwined. 
So if you're a traditional conservative Republican, you can, can, can count on zero help from the Republican Party, which means we have, to, we have to turn to people like the people listening to this show right now and say, if you want change, you're going to have to support my race directly. Because if you give it to the Republican Party, they're not going to help me. And what they've done in California is they only support the candidates who bend the knee to the transgender agenda. And this is the key. Every single elected official in California has bent the knee to the transgender agenda. And you might say, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. I don't care. Yeah, good for I am you. The only, I'm the only candidate in the United States for the U.S. Congress who has been unendorsed twice by the Republican Party for being too conservative. I have stood up for the last three years for the biblical definition of marriage, the support of the nuclear family. And this, I stand wholeheartedly against this transgender agenda and this CRT telling kids that their skin color is going to dictate their future. And that's been a bridge too far for the Republican leadership, not the party, but the leadership. And this is where we, we, we have to really focus is who's leading this party. And I'm saying they're not Republicans. We've been infiltrated by the Libertarian Party. And they are now trying to remove, if you hear the term fiscal Republican or the term rhino, you should read that as libertarian. So they're trying to change our party. They're trying to remove the values and the traditions that have been the foundation of our party since its inception. Mike, I was going to ask you to give a, a stump speech for that person that's listening to this program right there in your district. But I think you just did it. And so, so I think you, I think, I, I think you did a great job right there. And uh, the other thing I'm going to ask you as as we close out this half hour of the program, I'm I'm going to ask you to tell everyone where they can help you. You mentioned the Republican Party is not going to do it. You mentioned to help the candidates directly. Give everybody your website where they can read what your agenda is, what you stand for, and also where they can donate to you. My website is cargileforcongress.com. That's C-A-R-G-I-L-E-F-O-R, cargileforcongress.com. My name is Mike Cargile. If you just put in Mike Cargile, no spaces, .com, it's going to take you to the same place. Um, and if you can't remember who that guy was on the air with, with Booker, <laughs> then just I've got the cheesiest catchphrase in the country. I, when I speak to groups, I say, smile is Cargile. <laughs> and they laugh and they never forget me. So smile, it's Cargile, Cargile for Congress. And I'm the guy. I'm the, the flashpoint, the epicenter on taking back this country because the Latino community is embracing me like they've done no other. Because I stand for the values, our family values, that unite us, take the parties out of this. What do we all want? What do we stand for? And over and over, pro-God, pro-family, pro-life, pro-jobs, pro-police, and always America first. Mike, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join me here on this program. And, you know, you could have been a dentist with that slogan. And 
it probably would have made you billions. That uh, smile, that's Cargyle. Uh, that's that's money. That's money in marketing. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for having me. Stay right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Coming up next, you're always looking for a way to get involved. How, what can you do? How can you do it? Uh, we're going to tell you. Dan Schultz is coming up next. He has precinctstrategy.com. That's his website. He has very specific things that you can do to get involved to make a difference in this country and the election coming up in 24. It's on the way next on Our Lives in Politics. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the program here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks so much for joining us. And don't forget to download the app for AmericaOutloud.news. You can find great shows from Dr. Peter McCullough there, Tony Schaefer, Tom Renz, many, many more articles all day, 365 days a year. Go to your Play Store, either one of the phones, and download America Out Loud Talk Radio. And, you know, sometimes all these things that we talk about here on the network, it it can feel overwhelming. You may ask yourself, what can I do? I'm I'm just one person here. I can't make a difference. What's that old saying? How do you eat an elephant? Well, you do it one bite at a time. And, you know, millions of people taking one little tiny bite can make a huge difference. One of those people is an attorney and The important thing is what he has done on his own, and that's created a website to give you ideas and resources on specific ways and things that you can do to take your own bite out of that elephant. I'm talking about Dan Schultz, and he is here on Our Lives in Politics. Dan, welcome to the program, and I'm glad that we were finally able to connect to do this segment because I think it's pretty important. Well, thanks a lot for having me. When people look, I just mentioned that you can become so overwhelmed and you started this website and the whole purpose of it is to give people resources and give people things that they can specifically do to make a difference because obviously we need to do something in this country to make a difference. And as you look at the Republican party, it doesn't seem like it really represents so many of us anymore. What is your objective with the website? The objective is twofold. First, um, the RNC and most of the state party chairs do not want you to know that over half, well over half of the precinct committeeman slots, the voting member slots of the party apparatus, which are volunteer positions, are vacant. Mm -hmm. And they're hoping that you will not figure that out. So what I've done is I've put three things on my website that um, the GOP.com website, the RNC's website, and most of the state party websites don't have. So first I explain why and how 
if you're a Republican and you're a conservative, you might want to get involved in the party apparatus. So why and how to become a precinct committeeman, that's right at the top of my website. And then after that, I explain how to find your local committee. Most people don't realize that, wow, if I live in a county or if I live in a city, there may be an actual Republican Party committee made up of what are called committeemen in most states, and they are the party apparatus. They're, they get to vote for who the county chairman is. They get to vote for if it's a legislative district committee like I'm in in Arizona that the legislative district chairman and other officers as well. And then the precinct committeemen also elect the electors of the state chairman who serves on the RNC. And they also elect every four years, but in some states it's every two years, but most it's four. At the state presidential nominating convention, they elect the delegates who in turn elect the national committeemen and the national committee woman for the state. There's three people from each state who are on the RNC, and they also elect the national convention delegates. So if you really want to change things politically inside the party, there's only one way to do it, not throwing money at the party. They, 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 yeah. they want your money. Believe me, they sure. want your money. That's really but all they better want. To be, yeah, it's better to become an owner of the party, not just a donor. You're an owner when you're a voting member of the party apparatus. They hope you don't figure that out. And then the other thing you get to do is you are in the absolute best position to help boost turnout in the all-important, usually very low turnout primary election that every incumbent has to run in. Every incumbent has to win two elections, first the primary than the general. So, for example, in California, in Kevin McCarthy's congressional district, the turnout of Republicans was less than 25% in the primary. So if all of the other Republicans who didn't turn out had turned out and voted for one of the other Republicans in that primary, they could have taken out Kevin right then and there. Mm -hmm. And we, and we could be doing that for all of these uniparty Republicans, these fakes who don't do anything. They don't fight for us anymore. And whose fault is that? It's our fault for not changing the party. And it's our fault for not getting involved in the primaries to elect better Republicans. So that's what the precinct committeeman strategy is all about. I explain it at my website at precinctstrategy.com. I've written a book about it. Uh, what I learned in seventh grade civics, you can get it via the website. Um, it's short, it's to the point. And, and then I also, and then the third thing I have at the website is now a communications and collaboration platform for precinct committeemen and America firsters who want to get involved in the party. The party doesn't provide any software to the, to the, the precinct committeemen in each state so that once they become precinct committeemen, they can easily communicate with one another. The Democrats do, yeah. but the Republican Party doesn't. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because they don't want us communicating easily. So a friend of mine built that for us, Robert Beatles. He's a precinct committeeman in Washoe County, Nevada, and it's, uh, it's hosted on a site called pill.net. And uh, it's private. And it's secure. It's not on big tech. So I have those three things at my website. Why and how to become a precinct committeeman. 
how to how to how to find your local committee and then once you've done that and gotten involved now you can start communicating with one another i think a lot of people don't understand the importance of what you're talking about so many people say well i'll go vote and the what you're talking about is being involved in the process to select the right type of candidates and if you're not at the precinct level and you're not involved in the party in that apparatus then all you're going to do is vote for the same people that we always vote for and we're not going to get any change so if if the things that we see happening to our children are important to you and the things that we see our government doing regardless of what it is that you're frustrated with if you want all those things to change the only thing you can do is get involved you realize that we don't have a movement unless people are moving and we need more people moving and this precinctstrategy.com is a way that you can easily get involved. Let's, let's go back to that apparatus a minute because it's something that I talk about quite a bit. You mentioned the three uh, chairmen of each state, and you look at Ronna McDaniel, and she was reelected, and so many of us really didn't want her to have another opportunity at that. She has lost consistently. She doesn't help candidates that we would like for her to help. And so when it came time for a vote, to me, it was very obvious she was going to win again. And the reason why is because there aren't enough of us at the precinct level, in the local level of the GOP and the RNC. We shouldn't complain about the establishment. We should become the establishment. And until we understand that we are the they and the them that we continue to complain about, nothing is going to change, is it, Dan? Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly right. So there's only 168 people who determine who the RNC chairman is. And those are the 168 members of the RNC. They can elect anybody they want. It doesn't even have to be a, a Republican. It can be anybody. But uh, it doesn't have to be a member of the RNC. But those are the people who do it. So how do those people become RNC members? Well, they get elected by precinct committeemen who elect the electors of those three people. It works differently in each state. It's unique in each state, but fundamentally, it's the people who get into the party. And like I said, there's this huge power vacuum in the party, about 400,000 of these slots. It's all explained at my website at precinctstrategy.com. There's about 400,000 of these slots all across the country and in five territories and in DC. They also get three representatives, five territories, D.C., and the 50 states. Multiply that uh, 56 times three, you get 168. So the precinct committeemen in each state caused that to happen. If you want to change the Republican Party, there is only one way to do it. You've got to get involved mm. as a volunteer precinct committeeman. So you're in a position to cast a vote for the electors of the RNC. Right now, there's about 200,000 slots that are filled. About 50% are conservatives, about 50% are non-conservatives. Let's just call them what they really are, Republicans in name only, rhinos. That's just a fact. They're really not Republicans, they're posers. If we took 200,000 of us who are not in the party, who, who are like Trump supporters or conservatives, and fill those volunteer slots, it's a volunteer position, doesn't cost a dime, then 
the dynamic goes from not 50-50 in a half-strength party, but now it's 75% majority conservative and full strength. So we'll be in a better position to change the party internally. We'll elect everybody. So the RNC will become a 75% majority conservative RNC, and we'll be in the best position to boost turnout with the software they give us uh, as precinct committeemen to boost turnout in the primary for the best Republican candidates, the ones who really believe in our party platform, unlike most of them who are now in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. The first half of this hour, we had uh, Representative or hope to be Representative Mike Cargile from California, District 35. He, he called them libertarians. Uh, he, he said these, these people that pretend to be conservatives or Republicans are nothing more than libertarians that have taken over the party. And taking over the apparatus and the establishment is the only way. And it requires everyone that's listening to this right now, you have to do something. You have to get involved and be a part of this so that we can make the changes in this country. You know, I get a lot of phone calls from people because I've been advocating for this for a couple of years like you have, Dan. And uh, people will ask me, what do I do? How do I help? And I'll give them suggestions. And and then they get frustrated because of what they find on the other end, which is uh, an RNC in their local community that won't respond. Uh, the systems are antiquated. The people working there are old. They don't return phone calls. And this can go on for months and months and months until they finally just have to go to the office. And we have to put young blood, new blood into the system, into the apparatus to make a huge difference in the party so that we can make a difference in the country. If we want a government for the people, by the people, of the people, the only way to do it is have the people moving and working. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um... The missing ingredient right now in saving the republic is <clears throat> conservatives not in our party. And um, I made this up, this malady that conservatives seem to suffer from. It's I call it CPPPDS, Conservative Political Party Participation Deficit Syndrome. <laughs> they like to talk about politics, sure. but they don't do politics. And right. the doing of politics is filling up the vacant precinct committeeman slot. So I always say this at the end of my podcast, when, whenever I speak, if, if I have time to say it, look, one of two things that are going to happen. We're either going to save the Republic or we're not this election cycle. And I firmly believe that if we fill up all these vacant precinct committeeman slots, we're going to greatly increase our chances of saving the Republic. Will we save it? My crystal ball is not that good. I don't know. There's other things that could happen, but we'll be in a better, much better, much better, much better position because we'll finally have a political party that's ours. But the flip side of that coin, my crystal ball is very good because I studied communism. I was an intelligence officer in the army, a counterintelligence guy and a human intelligence guy. And I studied communism. We're going through a soft coup. It's happening right in front of our sure. eyes. The communists are taking over. And if we don't first take over the Republican Party, I can guarantee that we're going to lose the Republic. One question I ask quite frequently when I'm speaking to people is if you honestly believe that right now is the time, that if we don't do something, the country will be lost, what would you be doing different? Would you be talking about it or would you be doing? You know, do is a verb and we don't have enough people yes. doing right now. And if it really, if the country's future really mattered to you, 
in 2024 is the drop dead time for an election, what would you be doing different? And so the question is, why aren't people doing more? Well, I think part of it is a lot of people just don't know what to do because they didn't get taught civics like I did. I was lucky in 1968 and 1969, I was in seventh grade in public school in Wisconsin. And we were taught all of what you and I are talking about right now. It was taught to us. And my teacher told us at the end of the course, okay, kids, now I've equipped you for what you need to know if our country ever gets into a political crisis. I've told you that what you need to do is find the political party of your choice and then get involved in it. Because if, if we're in a political crisis, it's because we're electing bad people and we have to replace them with better people. And the way to do that is through our two-party system. And of course, there, there can be third parties, but essentially we have a two-party system. The America First Party is the Republican Party, but America Firsters are not in charge of it. Yeah. yeah. Donald or, Trump's not in charge of it. And, and they may got to get in charge of it. They may not even be involved in it. You said that a few minutes ago. We have to be involved in it. It seems like so many of us want to complain about the establishment, but we don't want to be part of the establishment. And and I argue that we should become the establishment. It's the only way, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, it is. And so once you get involved in the party and you get organized and united at the precinct level, you can do things like I've been able to do in my precinct. In 2020, the average turnout in a precinct was 65% of all eligible voters and 71 or 72 percent of all republican voters but in my precinct we got over 90 percent of republicans to go to the polls because we targeted the republicans who just needed that extra little friendly nudge from a fellow republican in the precinct reminding them hey don't forget to vote don't forget to vote we all we did was we targeted those people who you look at their voter profile you can see that well they just don't normally vote in the presidential election or they only do it 50% of the time. Those are the people that we targeted. And so we got up to over 90%. And three other precincts in my legislative district, uh, out of 42, four of us out of 42, we got over 90%. We could do that in every precinct if we had enough warm bodies. And And that only involved three hours of each of our time, three hours, one hour worth of phone calls, and then two hours of dropping flyers off at their doors of these households, reminding the people to go vote. If we can get organized and united sufficiently to do that, and there's no reason why we can't, because we have this organizational tool now that Robert Beatles provided to us. Like I said, the only thing holding us back, we don't have enough people. And if we can get enough people to fill up those 200,000 vacancies, we have a shot. If that doesn't happen, uh, I'd I can guarantee we're going to lose the country. Yeah, and I agree with you. And it needs to be done now. You can't wait. You know, the work is taking place right now. And I guarantee you the other side is working their butts off right now to beat us. And and they're well-organized. They're well-funded. All of those things. But for us to have a grassroots effort, a successful grassroots effort, we need you to check out this website. Yeah, I have state information for all states. Some states I don't have very much. Others I have a lot of good stuff. Uh, I, I put on the site what I can find on the internet or what people send to me. So, you know, 
if everybody would just go to my site, precinctstrategy.com, and spend you know a half hour, they're going to learn more probably about basic American civics than they've ever learned in their life. Because like I said, they're not teaching it anymore in schools. I can't tell you how many times. I, I, I have this button that I put on when I go and speak, and, and it just has in big black letters, PC. And people will say to me, so are you politically correct? And I go, no, I'm a precinct committee. <laughs> and then they go, What's a precinct committee, Mike? Yeah. Dan, it's been great to get together with you. I really appreciate you making the time to do it. Great information. Tell everybody the website again, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's precinctstrategy.com, precinctstrategy.com. Thanks a lot. And that really is so important. Hopefully you got some information there. You got some inspiration, maybe. It, it Really, if, if you really feel like this is the last chance to do something for this country, what would you be doing different? I always like to remind you that 2,000 years ago, you were told you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks for joining me. We'll do it again next week right here. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network.